everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Wednesday. It's October 21st. It's 2020. We're going to talk some Champions League soccer, Game 2 of the World Series. And if we have some time extra, we'll maybe talk some college football because there is a showdown slate game on Thursday, and maybe this one to go for over 100 points again. Who knows? But I'm joined again this week by Sean Newsom, PSU, PSU fans too. Um, Sean, how are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. Uh, getting through the week. A uh, lot going on this week with Champions League going on. A uh, bunch of new college football teams are starting up this week. And then League of Legends, though, the worlds are into the semifinals this week. So we got a busy week with everything on our plate. So just trying to get through it, make sure we get everything covered. Uh, run me down to the specialist package. You know, we always talk about it um, when you're on here. And, you know, it's it's an awesome add-on to the premium package here at Roto-Grinders, like, it's it's tough to run a bunch of content from someone that runs NASCAR. It's tough to do it, Sean. But you guys, um, you and Fear My Turtle, you guys are doing a great job. Um, run down what we can look at and get with this specialist package. Yeah, so with the specialist package, you'll find every sport that is not one of the main four sports. That is NFL, MLB, PGA, and NBA, and then not Stevie's NASCAR package. So any other sport that you're looking for content for, uh, you can come into the specials package. You'll see stuff for soccer, college football, League of Legends, CSGO. We have great Rocket League projections. Uh, we have some new and improved MMA projections as well. So, yeah, you come in, you get a bunch of projections. You can get a bunch of ownerships for different sports. And we're covering a bunch of different aspects that you really don't find anywhere out there. Um, and we actually just got a new feature introduced today, and that is the player blurb section. So you'll start seeing uh, on slate by slate basis if me or Alex, that's Fear the Turtle, or realistically anyone else that has any input uh, within our analysts comes through and sees something, they can write a blurb on a player. So for example, if I think Robert Lewandowski is in the lead soccer play for tomorrow and he's going to score two goals, I can just type in that blurb and you guys will see that with a note below the player's name. And it's something we just got added today. So uh, be on the lookout for that and periodically throughout the sports that we have covered. Awesome. You know, you guys are going to talk me into doing some CSGO stuff here in a couple of weeks. NASCAR is going to get it done. I'm going to no baseball. We're going to have his football and um, hopefully we get some bigger slates for CSGO, man. Like they've been filling up and it's always cool to see those um, slates fill up, but like we have some, some big tournaments coming up for CSGO. So I'm hoping that, like we'll see some big tournaments because um, like blast premier fall series is about to start, um, you know, next, what is it next week? Yeah. So like that is one of the bigger tournaments that's coming up and like, we're going to get to see like some of the, you know, North American teams play against some of these Europe teams for the first time. And it, it feels like forever, but it's like the first time in like eight or nine months um, that like North American, you know, the European teams are going to be facing off. So I'm hoping that like we'll get some really good um, tournaments for that for CSGO and you guys do projections for those. So um, yeah, there's always like the CSGO discord channel. You mentioned discord, like discord for the specialist package, the college football stuff. Like last Thursday, you were on last Wednesday with me. And then last Thursday, you get all this like late breaking college football news. And like you guys were on top of it. Yeah, I think last week, uh, the Wednesday showdown, there was a major um, person being out in Isaiah Likely, the tight end for uh, for Coastal Carolina. And then on Thursday, there was two massive pieces of info with Cornelius McCoy and Destin Coates both being out for Georgia State. 
Um, and so we were able to break that. I don't think anyone else really had that and definitely don't have it as quick as us. And we actually laugh. The Discord is, is definitely the, the most valuable part of every package, in my opinion. You have the people that are up to date on stuff and following it as closely as possible, answering questions in there. And I know I'm in and out of every chat within the specialist package all day, every day, um, answering questions. If anyone's got uh, any help they need, I try to help them out and just being on top of as much as I can. So definitely make sure you check out the Discord. It's definitely one of the biggest assets in the package. All right, let's talk some soccer. Big slate tomorrow, today. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday night like we always do. This slate is for Wednesday. Six soccer games. Really decent tournaments over there on DraftKings. I haven't checked FanDuel. I'm guessing there's FanDuel tournaments as well. Yeah, there's FanDuel tournaments. They are uh, lower. I'm going to check it real quick. But generally, the FanDuel tournaments for soccer are drastically lower than that of DraftKings. Yeah, so for example, uh, DraftKings' biggest tournament looks like it is a 12k guarantee compared to that of DraftKings, which i know on the tuesday slate was like 100k i'm not sure what it is for tomorrow i don't have it open yeah some big tournaments um over there on DraftKings. so awesome um hey we're just gonna we're gonna give a little sneak peek for free here on the morning grind um into like the specialist package here with soccer slate and um let's get started we got six games. There is a $70,000 tournament on DraftKings, 20K to first place. Um, so somebody's going to walk away with a bunch of money here. We're going to go game by game. You know, that's the morning grind style. Like, that's what that's what, that's what I do. Um, so we go game by game. I'm going to mess up probably every single one of these teams' names um, because that's also what I do. And, um, you know, you can fix it for me. Uh, but we're going to start here. What is it? Atlanta? Um, is that where we're starting? No, uh, Atletico Madrid and Bayern Munich. There you go. Um, run me down of what we're looking at here with this game. Yeah, so generally you have Atletico Madrid, and they're more of a slower style team. They don't generally produce as much points, and they generally park the bus a little bit and play more of a defensive style. So what you see is generally their games are more slower paced and slower going, and teams – tend to struggle against them. However, we actually have a, a decent total here of about three. And uh, Bayern is the reigning champions in the Champions League. They are the reigning European champions. Um, they are probably the best team in Europe. They are playing absolutely incredibly. They are just winning title after title in each sport. And you have Robert Lewandowski, who's going to be pretty expensive. And the issue is with... The, the beginning rounds of the Champions League, you have some teams up against smaller teams. So Atletico Madrid is one of the bigger teams in Europe, along with Bayern. You're going to see other games on this slate that we'll be talking about that have um, some more minnow-type teams that are a bit lower down on the totem pole. Those teams generally will struggle more, and you'll see more offensive output. So despite the fact that Bayern are the reigning champs, you might not be looking to play as many of the Bayern guys as you would be normally. Okay. Um, listen, this is all this, like I'm not even gonna sit here and act like I know anything that you're saying. I don't play soccer DFS. I will probably play a lineup tomorrow just because like I'm taking notes um, from what you're talking about here, and we have awesome projections. But outside of that, um, is there? You said like these are two of the mainstays. Um, we have some lopsided games. I'll, I'll call them lopsided games because that's when I'm looking at Vegas odds here, we have some lopsided games. So is there any like buddy from this game or any 
player that is like underpriced or anything like that? Or is this one of those games that like it's pretty solid all the way around? Yeah, this game is everyone's pretty solid. And generally, uh, everyone on Bayern is priced up a bit. Uh, The guys on Atletico, Atletico is generally a team you stay away from. So what you're looking for within soccer DFS generally is you either want people that get a lot of peripheral stats. Those stats are sort of like crosses, fouls drawn, tackles won, different things where you accumulate stats throughout the game. However, in the Champions League, you tend to see a lot more goals than you see in leagues like the Premier League or the Spanish League. And because of that, you want guys that are generally going to score more goals, uh, have more upside than guys that have a better floor. Um, and ideally, you want guys that can that carry both. But you look at this game, and both sides are priced uh, up pretty much. The only person I think is reasonable, but he's questionable, and he may or may not play, is Joshua Kimmich for Bayern. He takes all of their sets. And with uh, him taking all the sets, what I mean by that is he takes – all of their dead ball plays. So like anytime they have a corner kick or they have a spot kick from a certain area on the field, Kimmich is generally the person who takes those. And those are just guaranteed points. Uh, You might see a team on average, let's say have six to eight times where they take a corner or have a free kick over the game. Well, if you have a person that has a complete monopoly on the, the set pieces, which Kimmich does for this Bayern team, you're talking five, six points just from dead ball plays and not including what else he does during the game. So he's probably the one person in this game that I think is reasonable. However, in the past, he's been listed as a defender, so you get the upside of getting the bonus points for him if they were to not give up a goal during the game and get a clean sheet. So I I think that this game is not going to be extremely fantasy-friendly compared to some other ones that you'll see. All right, let's move on here. We got uh, Borussia. Mulchen Englenbach. Um, I probably messed that one up pretty bad. Um, and then we got uh, Inter Mullen. Um, what are we looking at in this one? Yeah, you got you got Munchen Gladbach and you got uh, Inter. And again, this is sort of a matchup where neither of these are two of the top end guys in Europe. You have Inter, who's probably third or fourth place team in Serie A, which is the Italian league, and then you have Munchen Gladbach, who is the third or fourth place team in Germany in the Bundesliga. So you have two teams that are probably pretty similar within their league. And if you look at it, Inter's actually a one goal favorite in this game and they're minus 158 to win. Um, and their team total is going to be a full goal higher than that of Munch and Gladbach. So if you look at the Inter lineup, that's probably the lineup you're going to want to attack a bit more. And you have guys that are a little bit more underpriced. You have Romelu Lukaku and Latero Martinez are the two mainstay strikers for them generally. Um, You'll have to check with lineups, and that's something that we actually provide for Champions League, is if you check the projections uh, about an hour before the game, up until 30 minutes before the game, we're spending that time making our projections accurate with who's in the lineup and how many minutes we expect them to play in the game. And you're able to change that around. But those two are both very strong options if they are indeed in the starting lineup. And then Christian Erickson, he has been on the team for about a year now. And if he gets in the game, he is a guy that's probably going to take a good portion of the set pieces and is really strong play for Inter as well. So you definitely want to be looking towards those guys, I would say, for Inter if you're looking at this game. And I think this is a game where there could be some solid plays within it. Along with those guys, you look uh, at a cheaper price point around 6K range. You have Ivan Perisic and Alexis Sanchez, both who are – 
decent values at that price point to produce some points for you. Um, yeah, that's it, right? Like you, you... <laughs> uh, is there anything else in this one? No, there's not tons else in this one. You sit there and you look at this game and there could be some goals in this game, but none of the, the wingbacks really are going to produce tons. It depends who starts a wingback for Inter. And that, that's one of the problems is we can only really go off projected lineups with these games. So you're looking at the players for Inter. If you get a guy like Kolarov at wingback, he is more valuable than, let's say, he plays at center back. Uh, so you're going to have to make sure you check out the lineups tomorrow and see where these people are playing. All right, uh, next one up here, we got Porto against Manchester City. Um, what are we looking at in this one? So this is one of the games where you have one of the strongest teams in Europe against one of the smaller teams in Europe. Uh, Porto comes out of the Portuguese League, and Man City is one of the top two teams in the English Premier League. Uh, Manchester City is probably a top three or four team in the world, I would say, and Porto is a strong side in Portugal. However, they're not as strong when they're up against the likes of a team like Manchester City. Uh, looking at tomorrow's game, though, City is actually without their leading goal scorer of last year. Actually, I'm not positive he led. It might have been second. But uh, Gabriel Jesus is not going to be playing tomorrow because he picked up an injury, I believe, right before the international break. And then their best player, period, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, is not going to be uh, active for this game, I don't believe. Uh, he picked up an injury a week or two ago during the international break. So with those guys likely being out, you have that of Sergio Aguero, who has been the long stay in the Manchester City lineup. However, he is just coming back off an ACL tear. So his minutes will be limited in this game. He only played 60, 65 minutes on Saturday. And if he's to play here, I wouldn't expect much more than that. But what you do see is you get to see a guy like Riyad Mahrez, who is an elite fantasy producer in a point by in a point by minutes basis. And generally like what I like to do is you can't generally decipher exactly how many minutes players are going to play. You know, some players will play longer portions of the game than others. And then, you know, some players will sub out generally more early in games than others. But by, if you look at things by a 90 minute basis, which is the length of the game or by a per minute basis, Mares is generally one of the strongest players in the entire world because he generally produces a great deal of stats due to his peripheral stats. And he generally has high upside, um, especially within this city offense. He is one of the guys that will be pulling the trigger along with Raheem Sterling on the other wing. But you look at this game and this game has the highest team total on the slate for Man City. So you're definitely going to be attacking the Manchester City team. And there are cheaper price points than there normally would be with this team. Um, that being in guys like Mares and Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva, you might be able to find a little bit of value here with them. Um, so probably don't want anything from the other side of this game, though, like Porto. Yeah, generally you want to stay away from a team if they're incredibly mismatched. Uh, the, the only time where that would be not accurate is generally if there's like a really, really bad mispricing on that team. But there's really not something that's that drastic on Porto that I see currently. Uh, they lost their leading set-piece taker and penalty taker, who was actually a fullback, so he provided great value. In Alex Tellez, who actually went to Manchester United, the team in Manchester opposite of Manchester City. Uh, but they don't have anything that stands out drastically here, so I would generally stay away from them. 
All right. Um, moving on. Is it Olympicos? Um, is that how you say it? And then um, Marsilia? Uh, Olympiacos and Marseille. Hey, listen, we're, <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Like, people are here to listen to you. They're not here. Well, they're probably drinking their coffee and laughing at um, how bad I'm doing, but um, I think it's funny. Like, it, right. like I, uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I do the the MMA show every week. Uh, make sure you guys tune into that with me and Mike H H three Buddha Brown. And I am sitting there just butchering a lot of the names in MMA. So I totally get it. Without oh, well, a doubt. Listen, I've been doing this for almost five years now on the po- podcast. Butchering names is my thing. So I got to stay on brand. Um, run down this game. What are we looking at in this one? So looking at this game, it's actually going to be the lowest total of the slate. Uh, all these other games, it looks like, are three goals or three goals plus. This goal is only at two and a half goals. So there's not going to be tons that you want in this game. Um, the best players for each team are going to be the most expensive guys. Um, if Dimitri Payet plays, which I don't believe he is scheduled to, he's a strong play. He should be a bit higher priced, but... You look at the top end of the team and you're going to see that of Florian Tovan uh, and he's 8,300 and he's a very strong play. Uh, and it actually does look, I'm just checking at the lineups right now that Payet is in the expected lineup. So at 6,500, Dimitri Payet is someone I would consider. But if you flip over to the Olympiacos side, uh, Matthew Valbuena is a big time producer of stats. The issue is, is that his floor is fantastic, but his ceiling is a little bit limited because he's not going to go out there and put up three, four goals for you. So you're looking at a guy who's going to have a massive amount of shots assisted and you have a guy that's going to get a massive amount of crosses, which is great from a floor perspective. But when you look at his price tag and you look at 10.7 and he sort of lacks like 40 point upside, 50 point upside, it makes it so that he's a bit of a more of a, not great option compared to what you would normally see. For example, on the Tuesday slate, he's at a similar price point to that of the best player in the world, Lionel Messi, who you would expect to have 50, 60 point upside on occasions. And Valbuena just does not possess that type of upside, along with the fact that Valbuena is a bit older and has subbed more frequently in more recent years. So it's a bit of a sub risk for a guy at that price point is a bit more of a risky situation. All right. Um, anything else from this one? The only other thing I would look at in this one is if Jose Holobos plays for Olympiacos. Uh, the issue with it is he's a transfer from Watford in the Premier League, and he used to have a heavy set-piece monopoly for Watford. But with Valbuena likely in the line, if I would not expect him to retain that. But uh, Marseille, the fullbacks from Marseille in Sakai and Amavi don't generally produce tons of statistics. So you have a situation where I wouldn't really like to look at them for very much. So I, I wouldn't really touch tons in this game with it being a low scoring game. Liverpool and Ajax. Um, hey, I know Liverpool. Like that's a that's a pretty that's a like I've known two teams. Um, you know, we we talked about Man City and like I know them. I know Liverpool. Um, I know the name. Like, what are we looking at in this one? Yeah, so Liverpool uh, ran away with the Premier League last year, but they had a major setback this week with their best center back and probably the best center back in the world, Virgil van Dijk, went down with what looks like an ACL or Achilles injury. Um, and he's probably out for the entire season. So it's a massive blow to Liverpool and their aspirations to uh, win the Premier League again and re- regain their power in the Champions League. 
they have some of the best fullbacks in the world. They have the most attacking fullbacks in Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andrew Robertson. So both of them are going to be really, really strong plays on this slate tomorrow. Uh, the set piece share between the two of them has been more split this year than it has been in previous years uh, with Robertson taking a good chunk more than he has previously. So this game is also a bit more of a fast tempo game, the way that both teams play. Uh, the total in this game is 3.5, which is right in line with the Manchester City game, but it's a little bit closer um, than that of the Manchester City Porto game. But both of those fullbacks are going to be very, very strong plays for Liverpool in this game. And then honestly, Sadio Mane and uh, Mohamed Salah are a lot cheaper than they normally are. Last year in the Champions League and in the Premier League, you see them around 10, 10.5K. And here you see them at 8.5 and 7.8K. So I think they're sort of knocking Liverpool a bit too much to start this year. And I think Liverpool's in a pretty good spot tomorrow against Ajax to sort of produce. Um, anything on the other side or? Yeah. So I, this game's a bit more open and especially with that of Virgil van Dyke going down, this is going to be their first game without van Dyke in a long time in a super competitive match. So I think that you could look at Ajax and you could look at Dusan Tadic as a person that could be, a bit of a GPP flyer. No one's really going to look at him. Uh, his price point isn't super cheap, but IX Liverpool game should be the most open game of the slate, in my opinion. And with that, Tadic is a guy that probably is going to be, let's say, sub 10% GPPs, but he definitely has some upside. And especially if the Liverpool team has some issues to start this reign that they're going to go on without Van Dyke it might be a situation where they have some issues to start and Tadich could find some hole. Um, all right. Anything else? Are we moving on to the last one here? Nope. That should be good on that game. All right. And we finish it with, um, Oh, I'd lost my place. Atlanta. Oh. And who is Atlanta playing? I think FC, they're playing. Um, Mid- yeah. They're, they're playing a minnow FC Michelin which is, um, I believe, the Norwegian league. It's either the Norwegian or Danish league, one of those leagues. Um, I'm not sure, honestly. But based on the couple of the names, I see an Olsen and Anderson. It's one of the um, countries in that region of the world. Uh, but they're one of the minnows of this tournament, and they play an Atalanta team that really likes to attack. Uh, Atalanta had a great showing last year in the Champions League, made it super deep in the tournament. And this is a team that likes to attack, They're going to attack, and it's going to be a very, very open game. So we have a situation here where one of their better players um, in Ruslan Malinowski will not play tomorrow. He's absent from the squad. Um, So that's going to take away some of the options for Atlanta, but I think it actually helps the other options. Um, My favorite play in this game is Alejandro Papu Gomez. He is 7,500, and with Malinowski out, if Joseph Ilicic is out, which is going to be about a 50-50 chance, Gomez is just an elite play. Um, Ilicic is actually a very interesting player. He's a guy that not tons of people know about, but with our stats, we track, I would say, thousands upon thousands of players. There is only a handful of players that are in his area when it comes to points per 90. And the people that are in like that region is like Lionel Messi and that's it. So no one really knows a guy like Joseph Ilicic, 
but he produces fantasy points at a level that is higher than almost anyone in the world, except for the best in the world. Uh, the issue with Ilicic is his fitness level is not great, and he's probably going to be limited here to 60, 65 minutes if he does play. So uh, it's something to worry about a little bit there with Ilicic. And then you're going to have Luis Mariel and Duvon Zapata. Those are going to be the, the main striker options for them. So if you're looking for goals, that's probably where it's going to come from. So I would generally look at Zapata to be a bit more stable from a minutes perspective um, and would probably prefer him, but there's definitely some good options on this Atalanta team. Um, Anything on the other side with them being so aggressive? Yeah. So they are extremely open and they play a very open style. The issue is, is that we don't have a ton of information on the other team. So it, it makes it more difficult to pinpoint who the best plays on that team are. Um, Onyeka has been pretty solid during the, the, uh, the lead up to this. They had to play their way into the tournament and he was solid in the warmups. Uh, Dreyer was solid in the warmups as well. And Paulinho was really strong for them in the warmups as well. Like you can see in their small game logs that we have that they were able to produce a little bit. So there's definitely a couple guys on this team, but again, we're going to need to see the lineups from them. We're not super familiar with them, so it makes it more lineup dependent on who we would prefer from these two teams. All right. Um, listen, use the Discord. Check the projections before lineup lock. Um, take advantage of all of the stuff here with the specialist package with the soccer program here. Um Let's shift gears. Let's talk some college football, and then I'll kind of let you get out of here, and I'll talk some baseball. Um, but let's um, let's shift gears a little bit. We got another showdown college football slate. I know, like these things are gonna. There's always news. There's always stuff, like especially with college football this season. Um, but let's uh, let's look at this game. It looks like uh, a pretty decent game. Arkansas State Red Wolves um, against. App State um, is App State still good? Like in their own like thing? Like I feel yeah, like for years they were like they're not good. like they don't get those type of um, upsets anymore because teams are more aware of them. They're still very good and very good within their conference. Um, they're very solid, I guess is what I would say. Let's look at uh, Arkansas State first. Um, it is a showdown slate. Um, you know, give me, I guess let's go with like a general overview of the game before we look at each team. Yeah. So we actually talked a little bit about Arkansas state last week. And it's funny. Uh, the game Steve and I were talking about last week is a really fun game on Thursday night was the Arkansas state, Georgia state game. And boy, was it wild. We saw 111 points game did not even go to overtime. We saw 59 52 slug fest. That was just wild. And everyone went nuclear in the game. It was nuts. And actually, it led to the Arkansas State uh, defensive coordinator, unfortunately, getting fired on the day after. So it was a very interesting game, to say the least. Um, we're looking at this game. App State had some COVID issues, and they did not play for the last two or three weeks. And they had um, about 19 guys throughout the team that had uh, coronavirus. So it's a bit of a mystery of what they're going to come back with here because we don't know exactly who had the coronavirus and who did not, but we did know that they haven't really played for a while. Uh, you have a 64 and a half point spread and app state is an 11 point favorite. So it's a pretty good game where both sides should be able to move the ball pretty effectively. And there should be quite a few points in this game. Um, all right. So let's start with uh, Arkansas state. Um, what are we looking at here for them? 
Yeah, so Arkansas State is a bit tricky because they're running two quarterbacks, which is not what you really want to see. Uh, and it's very, very split down the middle. There's not really even a shift one way or the other. Uh, Lane Hatcher and Logan Bond are both playing about 50% of snaps. The issue is, is neither really runs. So it sort of hinders them, and I wouldn't really look at them. However, the top two receivers are very, very strong options, and they both are – guys that are just putting up massive stats. we got Jonathan Adams Jr. who has, I believe, 60-plus targets in five games, and he's coming off of a game where he had uh, just an absolute massive 15 for 177 and two touchdowns last week. So you have a guy that's going to get massive volume, a touchdown threat, a big play threat, that's just an elite play. On the other side of him, we have Dahu Green, who last week caught six balls for 94 yards and two touchdowns, and he's getting about uh, nine to ten targets per game. So you have a two-headed monster from Arkansas State that can just catch a massive amount of volume, and they're really the only two that get decent volume on the team. Uh, The other person is Brandon Bowling. He's a bit more of a smaller slot receiver that doesn't really have much athleticism or speed, but... He's getting, let's say, six to eight targets per game, so he does carry some value as well. Um, Looking at their backfield, we have like five or six guys. It's honestly one of the worst backfields to deal with in the country. Uh, We have a massive split between their running backs, and honestly, they even have a couple guys that have been injured in Ryan Graham and Marcel Murray. Marcel Murray was their leading rusher from last year, but he has played like three snaps all year and was – supposed to be back and healthy but then he missed last week so it's unsure what is wrong with him at this point but even with that you have Jamal Jones Isaiah Azabuke and Lincoln Pere who are sort of rotating regardless you throw in those guys it's just a massive massive congestion um and do you think anybody like if Murray doesn't play like massively benefits I think from what I saw last week, and I was talking to Fear the Turtle about this earlier today, I think Lincoln Lincoln Pere is their best, most talented running back. And he had, I believe, 10 carries last week, which was pretty good. And you see him at 3K. And there's not tons of value on this slate. So I think he's one of the better value options. But Jamal Jones has been their main running back all year, and he probably is going to get a similar volume. So if you're looking at the backfield, I would say one of those two, but you really need those other guys to be out to feel a little bit comfortable with them. Just need that touchdown, man. Just need that touchdown. That's all you need. Um, App State, you already kind of talked about it. You open up the the DraftKings page here. There's there's red um, zeros or um, O's everywhere because the, like a ton of these guys. So this could be this could be fun, right? Like this is like a massive like guessing game um, that we're going to be waiting to see like you know, right before lock. Yeah. In previous years, they've had decent beat writers where we got decent information. So I've hoped that we get good information, but the the issue with app state is they're running like a three headed committee at running back, but they do run the ball a lot. So it makes it somewhat viable from them. Um, Their quarterback, Zach Thomas has been around forever and he has a bit of mobility around him as well. Um, You're not going to see a guy run for a hundred yards in Zach Thomas, but he's definitely a guy that could get you 40 yards on the ground and a touchdown in the right situation. Uh, Looking at the receivers, Thomas Hennigan is their best receiver this year. And he's probably the guy you want from a receiving perspective, but that's one of the issues with app state is they're an 11 point favorite, but you have a massive running back uh, rotation. And then you have 
a receiving group that sort of spreads the ball around ex- outside of uh, Hennigan, who is the best option from them on the receiving side. Um, yeah. So anything else from this one? Like, I, I feel like you, um, you broke it down. You know, I was writing down plays while you were going here. So, um, I mean, I just, it's crazy looking at all these guys that could potentially be out of this game. Like one of their highest fantasy guys, you know, Williams jr. Potentially not playing. And like, you know, that would open up a ton for Harrington, wouldn't it? Like, or, or like Nate Noel. Yeah, it's a situation where if Marcus Williams is out or Cameron Peoples, who both were guys that were a little bit banged up, all of a sudden you're going to see a lot of volume go towards Daytrick Harrington. We already sort of saw in that last game where he had 32 carries. There was a lot of guys banged up, and you talked about it with Noel. He was one of the beneficiaries too. So uh, looking at their depth chart that they did come out with, it looks like these guys are going to be – back and ready to go but as you can see like even in the previous games Harrington was still getting 12 15 carries the problem is if you're paying 10k for a guy who gets 12 carries for 30 yards you're not going to feel too great about it so it's definitely a situation where I think I like the receivers more in this game and despite being an underdog I think Adams and Dahu Green are probably two of the better options in this game just because you know they're going to be on the field you know they're going to get volume compared to that of the app state guys where it's a little bit more of a question who's going to get it. Sean, it's always fun, man. Um, you know, look forward to doing this, um, a lot here. Like we're, we're running out of, um, sports. Listen, like we have a lot of like niche sports right now that are about to kick off. We got soccer going, we got college football going to complement some NFL. There's a ton of stuff going on right now. Take advantage of the rotor grinder specialist package. Fear my turtle. PSU fans too, like two of the best niche players in the entire United States. So um, I can't give you the world because I don't know what um, I don't know what Europe has to offer as far as like um, Champions League analysis um, analysts. So uh, I'll give you the United States. You guys crush the niche sports, man. Um, always fun, man. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. Yeah. Look forward to it. Uh, yeah. Anyone pop into the discord, say hello. Uh, I'm in and out of, like I said, every chat. You, you'll see me in Lee Legends chat. You'll see me in CSGO. You'll see me in college football. You'll see me all over the place. So pop in. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. I'm happy to talk to you guys about any of the sports, about anything going on. So look forward to seeing everyone. Hopefully uh, we can help you guys win some money. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the specialist talk. We're going to talk some baseball, but we're going to let Sean get out of here first. So let's get into Game two of the World Series. So we have uh, Blake Snell facing Dustin May, it sounds like. It's going to be a bullpen type of game for the Dodgers here. Uh, We've seen this a couple times, you know, recently with the Dodgers. And you got to think, like, they just got done. uh, Like, they had a day break in between uh, the two series. Like, we saw... You know, May pitch an inning, Gonzalez pitched a couple innings. Um, so sounds like it's going to be a bullpen game here for the Dodgers, um, which is kind of interesting in showdown. With it being a bullpen game, we could potentially take a couple shots here if we wanted to. Um, so, yeah, but on the other side, we got Blake Snell. Blake Snell pitching, we know that. Um He's been very hit or miss. 
yesterday's you know game one did not go great for me um i kind of talked about like the strategy that i was looking at um going in like i I was looking at fading kershaw playing the the raised bats being overweight on glass now and like that's what i did like you know i don't ever i don't ever say something on here and then don't do it so um not a good day one for me the overall like the week one the game seven like series one i had moogie bets so like that team is off to an okay start um so we'll have to kind of see what happens in this one but um you know snell if it is going to be a bullpen game for the dodgers we're likely going to see some julio urias he's not cheap So as far as like that goes, like Urias is not cheap. Gonzalez is not cheap. Um, I was trying to find like, is Dustin May 4K? Like he's not cheap. So like probably not going to play any of the relievers for the Dodgers here. So on the Tampa side, Blake Snell, you know, I could see playing Blake Snell here, but I could also see Blake Snell not pitching well. He hasn't pitched well in his last couple starts. They, you know, haven't let him go kind of deep. You know, he he is on his normal, like, five-day rest here. He's a guy during the regular season that, like, they would sometimes give, like, six days. Um, so, he's pitched a lot more over the last two weeks than he's used to doing. So, I worry about that a little bit. Um, the Dodgers are very good against right-handed pitching. They're, they have good hitters against left-handed pitching, but they're a much better team against, um, right-handed pitching. So I definitely don't mind playing Blake Snell here. I'm going to kind of wait and see what like the ownership looks like on him in this one, because, Anything can happen. Anything can happen in baseball. You know, Kevin Kiermaier hit a home run. You had to have Kevin Kiermaier to win a tournament, you know, on in day one. Um, so anything can happen in baseball. And like, that's definitely important in this one too. You know, looking at it, Blake Snell could go out and dominate this game. Blake Snell could go out and throw three innings in this game. So, you know, obviously that's where we're kind of looking at. What do we do with Blake Snell? If he's major chalk, I'm probably going bats. I'll just load up on the bats in this game. Hope it's a high-scoring game. I think this game has the potential to be a lot higher scoring um, with it kind of being a bullpen game for the Dodgers. So um, looking at the bats here, you know, I always start with the visiting team. Like, I'll start with the Rays here. You know, Dustin May, not going to pitch deep. Julio Arias, not going to pitch deep. Um, Consoling, if he, if he pitches, he's not going to pitch deep. So, I want the guys that are going to play the whole game. And like we already saw on Tuesday that nobody's safe. Like even like Jock Peterson on the other side, we'll talk about that in a second, but like nobody's safe here. Like as soon as one of these, you know, guys have an opportunity, like nobody's safe. Um, so like Adamus got pinch hit for, and like, he's a guy that typically doesn't get pinch hit for. So Kevin Cash can do whatever he can to win the game. Um, so in this one, I like Meadows. I like a Rosarina. Um, Choi will be in there. He's a major pinch hit risk. 
Um, they like Kiermaier's defense, but he's still a major. He like he's still a guy that is a pinch hit risk. Zanino, they love his defense. He's a boom bust play. He's either going to hit the ball really hard or he's going to strike out. Um, has one of the highest strikeout rates in, in the World Series among all the hitters. I think he is the highest. So um, had one of the highest on the regular season. So you know, obviously, if you're playing Zanino, you know what you're going to get. You're either going to get a hard hit ball that he makes a ton of contact with or a strikeout. <laughs> like he had a hard ball up the middle and they turned double play um, in the inning that the Rays were kind of making some noise. But um, so like on the Tampa side of things, you know, Rosarina is expensive, but I still love him in this spot. Um, Meadows is cheap. I like the Meadows price. Um, if Margot's in the lineup, I like him. He's cheap. So, like, there's some cheap bats here for Tampa. Um, if they do end up starting, like, Urias over May, I don't think either one of them will go deep into the game. So, don't be afraid to play some of these lefties if it is Urias because you're likely only going to see Urias for one at bat and uh, probably going to see a righty in there after that. So, on the Dodgers side of things. So, this one gets tricky. Like, I love Pollock here. Um but, like, you obviously worry a little bit about, like, Jock Peterson hitting for him, Rios hitting for him, Beatty hitting for him. Um, so, like, I'm a little concerned about that, but, like, I think this spot is fantastic for Pollock. Um, like Will Smith again. Corey Seager, lefty-lefty, very expensive. I think he's a nice pivot off of, like, Betts and a Rosarina. Um, if you don't go with a pitcher, you could probably play two of those three guys. Seager hits left-handed pitching really well. Um, Blake Snell has given up a lot of hard contact and a lot of um, fly balls to lefties this season. So 40% hard hit rate, hit distance of about 218 against left-handed hitters this season. So Seager, Seager lefty-lefty matchup, expensive. I think that like he is a phenomenal contrarian play here um, that I just don't think a lot of people will be on. So like the cheap guys here... Kiki Hernandez, Chris Taylor. Um, you know, you obviously can play these guys against Snell. Um, you worry about the pinch hit risk for those guys as well. So, like, you know, you're definitely concerned about that a little bit. But, yeah, I think that especially on a showdown baseball slate, like, play play whoever you want. <laughs> Blenderhead, play whoever you want. Um, like... If you're going to fade Blake Snell, you're going to want to load up on as many bats as you possibly can here because you're not playing a pitcher. You need a lot of upside. So, like, you're looking at, like, you know, guys like Yandy Diaz, too. Like, he's super cheap. Um, like I said, Kevin Kiermeyer. Um, Like, Kiermeyer might get too much ownership here coming off of a home run game. So like he might be one that you're underweight on. So I think that if you're not playing, if you're not playing a pitcher, you got to get two or three studs in your lineup. You're going to need a lot of production um, from like, you're going to, you're going to have to nail your, your MVP captain spot. If you're not playing Snell um, in, in cash games, I could definitely see playing Snell. Um, 
you know, he worries me a little bit, but like his floor is still there for cash games. So this one, um, this one's a little bit more interesting. I can't um, wait to see like what we're going to be looking at ownership wise on this slate. I think that, you know, we have these monster tournaments and, you know, I was looking at it uh, before I got started here and it's like Adamus, like I play single entry stuff. Adamus was super low owned. Um, like he didn't do well. Uh, Margot was super chalky um, in the single entry stuff that I was playing in. Glass now was pretty popular. Um, you know, a lot of people went to pitchers, you know, looking at like, Clayton Kershaw was super um, popular and not shocking whatsoever. He was the highest owned. Uh, Jock Peterson was super popular. So like if these cheaper bats that could potentially get pinch hit for, um, you know, don't get there. I, I think that, you know, obviously it's interesting if they're going to be popular because if they're going to get pinch hit for, you could play somebody that potentially plays the whole game and do a lot better. Um, we saw it wasn't like crazy ownership on relief pitchers on single entry stuff. Um, you know, like the highest owned one was Jansen at 4.68. And the team that actually won the single entry tournament that I was playing in had Jansen in there. Like it had Bellinger, it had Betts, it had Kiermaier, it had Kershaw as, your, as the MVP. Like, so it had a really pitcher that got zero, but it was really like it was the Betts, Bellinger, Kiermaier combo. Um, like even in large field stuff, like that was the combo you had to have on this, you know, smaller slate. So Jock was super popular, put up zero. Um, Hunter Renfro was super popular. He put up zero. So like there's definitely ways to be different on these slates. I think. You know, like Corey Seager is going to have a lot of lower ownership. Some of these expensive bats are going to have lower ownership um, just because um, people are going to want to play pitching. Like we saw Kershaw was 60% owned and he was 34% owned in the captain spot. So, you know, and like Glass now was 55% owned and he was 20% owned in the captain spot. So a lot of people want to play pitchers on showdowns. I get it. Um so I think that, you know, it's definitely fun to potentially look at this a different way and play some of these expensive bats. And like, if you had, if you had Mookie in like the captain spot, like he crushes, like he, he put up 31 points. Kershaw put up 29.7. So like, can a hitter put up more than a pitcher? Yeah. Bets put up 46 and a half. And Kershaw put up 44 and a half, you know, bets was $2,400 cheaper. So definitely can play a hitter and get just as much upside um, than playing a pitcher in your captain spot. So should be a fun slate. Um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow talking game three, uh, Thursday night football, probably go over that as well. Appreciate um, Sean Newsom joining me today, talking some soccer. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that one. You know, like again, like I said, check out the premium package. It is, um, it's awesome, man. Like the projections, like I've played tennis. I've never played DFS tennis, uh, before until like the specialist stuff started to come alive here at Roto Grinders. And I have crushed so many like tennis slates. So 
make sure you're checking that stuff out. They're doing a ton of great stuff here for college football as well. So that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. Hope everyone has an awesome day. Good luck in your contest. See you again tomorrow.